Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. To you, mamas, and to you who have mamas, <laughs> don't forget to call them today. Um, so we're going through a new, um, a new series called Who is Our God? So we've uh, finished Matthew, and now we're, we're going through a more um, topical series where we're going through different aspects of who God is. And um, as a teaching team, we, we basically came up with a list. In no way do we think that all of these things actually encompass God, but we're, we're going to do our best each Sunday to go through and kind of illuminate one aspect of his character. And um, I'm going to talk with us about God, God's love today. And uh, I think it does fit in quite nicely with Mother's Day. Um, this, isn't, this won't be a Mother's Day message, but um, it, for me, I, I've noticed that the the mothers in like my mom, my grandmoms, different women in my family have really shown me a very specific aspect of God's love, and it's a very sacrificial kind of love. Um, you know, no no mom is perfect, but I do think moms in, encapsulate something very specific about God's self giving love. And I'm going to be focusing on that a bit today because we're going to look at um, I'm, we're going to look at love through the lens of uh, God in the Old Testament today. So I do want to say for the for the couple moms that are in here, we honor you and we say thank you for you, and we know that you give sacrificially and oftentimes go um, underappreciated. So we say thank you. So pray with me um, as we get started here. God, thank you that you are really the perfect parent. You show us as a father and as a mother how richly you, you care for us and you love us. And I uh, offer myself to you, Holy Spirit, this morning and say um, whatever you would like to say through me, do it. And, and we posture ourselves before you, Jesus, and admit that we, we need you and we want to know you better. And we ask that somehow today you would even earmark or put highlight that areas of our life where we've been believing something about you that is a lie. It's actually not true. And we invite you to speak through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to talk about God as love. Uh, This is a a topic that I'm very much into, not just um, because I love love, I do love love, but for the last handful of years, I've been very much struck by 
a Hebrew word that I learned in seminary um, that is essentially a concept that describes how God loves all throughout the Old Testament. And I'm gonna, that's the lens I'm going to be talking about God's love today. Why is that? A couple reasons. One is that this word in this concept, it's called hesed. This is the, the word in Hebrew as well. Um, I'm kind of blown away that I, I had never learned about this, this word, this concept, until I paid thousands of dollars to get my master's degree in theology. And, and there's part of me that was very was sad by that, saddened by that fact. I don't know if it's our, our tendency to focus on the New Testament, you know, at the expense of the old, or, you know, I learned lots about God's agape love in, in Greek. Maybe you have too, you know, the uh, unmerited love of God as we understand it in the New Testament. But when I learned about this word in seminary, it, it actually made me weep um, because there's so many facets to it. And uh, I'm going to try to unpack that a little bit today. There's no way we'll get to all of it, but um, I want to encourage you that as we spend time, whether it's here or whether it's first thing in the morning or as we're falling asleep or throughout the day, as we spend time getting to know who God is by actually stopping to be with him and to get to know him and and to actually develop a, a relationship with him, it's like looking at all the different facets of a diamond. There's so many different facets of who God is. And in many ways, um, I feel like even this series where we're trying to get to, we're trying to cover all the, the characteristics of God, in many ways it's, it's almost silly because it's much like us going to the ocean and just dipping our toes in the beginning of the ocean, you know, as we're trying to unpack all of the characteristics of God. But today we're going to talk about God's love through the lens of hesed in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, this, this word, this word hesed is used over and over and over again to describe um, God's relationship with his people. And the word is so meaty in Hebrew, that we need actually a, a large number of words in, in English to wrap our, our mind around it, which I think is very cool. So, in the Old Testament, the, this word hesed is one of the words for love in Hebrew. Now, there's a lot of different words for love in Hebrew, unlike in our language where, you know, I could love pizza and it, I have to somehow distinguish that in my mind from the way that, you know, I love my mom and dad or I, I love my best friend or will one day love my husband. So we have this, this problem in English and I'm not going to spend much time here, but one of the things that I think is really fun about reading the Bible in different translations and actually not just fun, but actually very important in our in our uh, devotional life with the Lord, is that we have to, unless you read the Bible in the original languages, it's very helpful to read in different translations because we get to see different facets of that diamond through language. 
So how are some of the ways this word in the Old Testament, how is it translated? Well, some, sometimes it's translated as faithful, faithful love. Sometimes it's translated as loyalty or mercy. Sometimes this word is translated as kindness or steadfastness, steadfast love. I was remembering as I was preparing for this um, talk today that a lot of the old school uh, worship songs I grew up with, I grew up in the church when I was, you know, through the 80s, they use words like the steadfast love of the Lord never changes and your faithfulness endures. The closer we get to worship songs as we're like pulling them straight out of the Psalms, I guarantee you the original word was probably hesed in, in much of those songs. The word hesed is used throughout the Old Testament almost 250 times, okay? This is a very, very significant word when it comes to the Old Testament. And it's used in a couple of different ways. Not only is it used to talk about God in relationship with his people, but it's also used in relationships. So it's a word that, that tends to be grounded in relationship. So it's not like a philosophical idea. It's a love, a type of love that gives beyond what is logical. So for example, if we're not going to talk about God and his people and that kind of love, we're talking about relationships and examples of that in the Bible. Um, maybe you remember the story of Ruth and Naomi. Um, if you haven't read this, it's a very short book in the Old Testament. You could read it in about probably 30 minutes. I encourage you to do it. But there's this amazing story of this woman named Ruth who lost, basically loses her husband, and um, he dies. And as a young woman, she decides to, instead of looking for another husband that would actually be her economic security and stability, it's really the only way she's guaranteed stability in her life is to find another husband in that culture. She decides to bind herself to her dead husband's mom, her mother-in-law, and go wherever she goes, even into another land that wasn't her own. And it was a picture of love that makes a sacrifice that actually is hurtful to the person giving it. It's a really sweet picture of what Hesed does. And, um, you know, there's much more to that story. I won't go into it. But this is the kind of love that we see in our God. It's a kind of faithful, loyal love that goes beyond the legalities of a, of a relationship. Typically in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a marriage, whatever it might be, even, even a parent to child, there's some like rules that we follow. It's kind of like um, if, if we stay within the parameters of those rules, like you do something nice for me, then I want to do something nice for you. We try to keep things balanced. The interesting thing about hesed love is that it's always trying to go beyond that. And so it's not bound by, like, the legal parameters of a covenant, for example. It's always reaching out in this means of hospitality. Another cool picture of this would be in the, in the New Testament, right, where... You guys remember the story of the prodigal son? 
where the sun leaves and essentially spends his whole inheritance and wastes it away and then comes back to the family to say, I'm sorry. And the father is waiting there at the end of the road with open arms to embrace him. And if you have any uh, familiarity with that passage, you may be like me in that you often relate more to the older brother who's really annoyed <laughs> because the right thing to do would be to punish the son, right? But instead, the father has this extravagant forgiveness. It's almost illogical forgiveness. And that's a hallmark of this kind of hesed love that we see all throughout the Old Testament. I've seen this kind of love demonstrated in my own family's life. Um, I was, even during worship, thank you, by the way, guys, it was awesome. Uh, the Lord was reminding me how um, my grandma, back in the day, um, she recounted this story for me, but she was really the only one of her sisters that decided at the end of her father's life, my great-grandfather, who I, didn't, I never knew, at the end of his life, when he had had a stroke, um, no, one, no one wanted to take him in. I think because I'd heard echoes of the fact that he was an abuser, and he had, he, my grandma would just say he, just, he wasn't a good man. But she made a decision with my, my grandpa and said, we're going we're gonna to take care of him as he's dying, and we're going to love him. And I, I was thinking about that during worship, thinking, that's what Hesed loved us. It extends beyond what is right, quote, what is justice, and goes to mercy. That's almost painful in some ways. The beautiful thing about Hesed is that I, I wonder if we can truly understand Jesus without spending time in the Old Testament seeing God's Hesed love poured out in different ways and seeing the way the people of God continually, they actually sang songs celebrating God's Hesed love. It's something they repeated to themselves and to each other all the time. And I want to take a look at that in um, a couple of different uh, verses in the Old Testament. This is going to be, um, we're not going to spend a ton of time on each passage, but I want to show you just like with a broad stroke where, where we learn about God's love in the Old Testament. By the way, more than half of the instances where we read about hesed in the Old Testament is in the Psalms. And I think that makes a lot of sense because it's in the Psalms. Remember, the Psalms were basically a songbook for God's people. These are the songs they literally sang aloud to remind themselves of who God was and also to give him praise and worship. This is a book of poetry that is also kind of a, a journal of remembrance of the things that God had done. So let's take a look first in, in Exodus 34. So this is a really 
interesting passage. So as we look at um, Exodus 34, I'm not going to go into all of the, the context of each one of these passages, but this one I do want to look at. So the, the context here is that um, essentially Moses is getting ready to uh, write down the law again um, without going into all the details. Basically, the first big breach of God's covenant with his people had happened, and we're about to see you know, how God handles it. And, and Moses is pleading with the Lord, and it's kind of this very dramatic moment. There's a lot of things that have happened. But at the end of, or at the middle of chapter 34, at the beginning, actually, not the end, not in the middle, <laughs> the Lord says to Moses, I want you to cut two tablets of stone, just like he did before, be ready in the morning and come up on the mountain and present yourself to me. And I don't want anyone else to come up with you. And this amazing, amazing thing happens. In, in verse 6, God himself passes in front of Moses and, and makes this proclamation. He says who he is to Moses, who was the leader of God's people at that time. He says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness bounding in hesed. He goes on to say some other things as well, but this is like God's proclamation and reminder of who he is to his people, which is quite, quite incredible because here's this invisible God that they're doing their best to wrap their brain around. And instead of starting with his holiness, instead of starting with his his justice and, and righteousness. He leads with, you want to know who I am? I'm compassionate and gracious. I'm slow to anger. I am so patient. And I'm abounding in love and faithfulness. I'm abounding with the kind of love that is continually reaching out. That is continually sacrificing itself. And so from here, God's people, you know, they make some mistakes. <laughs> they, they break the covenant. You know, they're, they're not faithful to him over and over, much like us. But they go on to encapsulate this idea of God as a, a faithful gracious and compassionate God, this concept, and they sing this over and over again as part of their worship. So in the next um, slide, which one do we have here? Yeah, so this is from, from Ezra. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, he is good, his hesed love towards Israel endures forever. And they gave a great shout of praise. This became the foundation really of um, not just a ritual, but the same way that we spend time, we set aside time on Sunday to sing to the Lord and, and really proclaim who he is. This is for the Lord, but it's also for us. Because what we repeatedly tell ourselves and say about God is what we actually believe. So let's go on to the next example. 
The trumpeters and the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good! His hesed love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, his presence. I think God really likes it when we say to him who he is. Just like in any relationship, it feels good to be known and seen, right? And when we take the time to not only sing to the Lord, but actually just talk to him one-on-one and tell him who he is, he loves that. <laughs> and he, he loves to reveal himself. So let's look at the next example. This is, um, I'm trying to take 250 examples and boil it down into like maybe a dozen. So let's look at the Psalms. Psalm 23, this is, a, this is a really famous psalm. Maybe you memorize this when you're a kid. Surely your goodness and hesed love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's an amazing idea, that the thought of actually God's faithful love, his, his loyal, sacrificial, always giving love being the thing that follows us. It's a sweet picture. Psalm 31, praise be to the Lord for he showed me the wonders of his hesed love when I was in a city under siege. Psalm 90, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing hesed love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. It's the next one. Yeah, this, go, this is a nice lead into Lamentations 3. Because of the Lord's great has said love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. And Hosea, this is another book that if you want to dig deep into God's character and get, dig deep into his, the kind of love that does not make sense, it actually is uncomfortable to read about, read Hosea. <laughs> it's a book about a husband continually continuing to love an unfaithful wife and choosing her and choosing her and choosing her at his own expense, which is a beautiful picture of how God loves us. Hosea 12, let's go back to that. Sorry. But you must return to your God, maintain love, maintain hesed love and justice and wait for your God always. I like this passage because all throughout the Old Testament, you'll find hesed love in, in uh, tandem with words like justice, in tandem with words like faithfulness, in tandem with words like truth, which is an experiential truth, an experiential knowledge, not, not just this um, idea of truth that we have in the West today. It's a much deeper And I have a couple examples from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, with hesed, I have drawn you. I like this translation because loving kindness is one of the archaic ways that this word gets translated in like the King James, the New King James. They're, they're making words up to try to 
makes space for who God is, which is really sweet because it it parallels really what seems to have happened in the Old Testament. One of the things that I am pretty blown away by in in terms of language and history of language, from what we understand of ancient Semitic cultures, this word hesed had no, it, it seems like the Hebrew people like made it up in order to describe this aspect of who God is. There, there seems to be no cognate in other um, Semitic languages, which is really beautiful to me, and also pretty radical. If you think about God making his way and, and interacting with a specific people, needing to actually create new words to talk about who he is. No wonder we, we need a handful of words in English to be able to translate this concept. Let's look at the next one. Jeremiah Jeremiah 9. But let the one who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yahweh, showing faithful hesed love, justice and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things. Oh, it might be time that we all go and read Jeremiah. (laughs) So the Lord says, if there's anything that you boast about, boast about the fact that you know me and you know who I am. And you know who I am? I'm the one that shows faithful love, the kind of love that is always giving, even at my own expense, the kind of love that is full of loyalty, the kind of love that is enduring. It's tricky because we all have these uh, experiences of what love is, and, and many of them are, are broken, right? They, they fall short of what love should be. So it's almost like we have to put that aside in our experience and say, Holy Spirit, rewrite for me, even on my brain, what love actually is, as revealed through you, God. And we celebrated it with the Eucharist. But in, in Philippians 2, there's this incredible picture, painting of what Jesus did for us. Which if we can wrap our, wrap our brains around, if we can wrap our brains around what this hesed love looks like, it's always giving, it's hospitable, it extends out. It's an, it's an almost illogical type of, of love. This is what we see in Jesus. He's like the perfect picture of this love we see in the Old Testament. So this is from Philippians 2. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the, same, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So all throughout the Old Testament, we have God showing his faithful hesed love to his people. And it's the kind of love that is not only just to his people, but is continually extending out. We know from Genesis that God called Abraham and 
said, I'm, I'm essentially giving you this promise so that you will be a blessing to the, all, the whole earth. And I'm going to work this through you for the whole earth. And we see that come to fulfillment through Jesus. Where God shows the same kind of love and instead of choosing to stay in heaven where he had it really good, Jesus chooses to be born as a baby who poops in diapers and needs a mom and had to endure every temptation that we've ever had to endure and yet did it perfectly as you know, someone who is fully God and fully man. And then makes that sacrificial love final by giving himself up on the cross. It's like the ultimate picture of Hesed love. So this is a word that I'm, I, I, I'm fascinated by. Like I said, when I first learned about it, I, I wept. And there's certainly part of me that wants and, and feels a calling to even study this word for the rest of my life in some aspect. I'm you know, trying to figure out PhD programs that I'd like to apply to for practical theology. You can pray for me in that. But ultimately, this is, it's something that I think about almost daily, and I, I asked the Lord things like, how can I experience your faithful love more today? Where am I, where am I shutting myself off to it in self-reliance, in pride, because I, I don't like to need help? Last night at our house, we, um, we hosted an open mic, my, my roommate Juliet put it on and I really had no idea what to expect and it ended up feeling like one of the sweetest expressions of church I've, I've experienced in a while because pretty much every person that that got up in our in our living room they're so vulnerable I read some things and I felt like man that, that wasn't vulnerable at all <laughs> and I realized that when you're when you're vulnerable and you open yourself up um in that way, you're welcoming, I think, God's faithful love to, you know, fill you up. And so I've been realizing, I've been noticing that in the places of my life, the areas of my life where I, I resist that, where I actually, don't, I actually don't want to be vulnerable, I am missing out on the chance to experience God's hesed love, to actually embody it. Not, not in some ethereal, philosophical way, but to actually experience it. And so God really challenged me in this uh, recently. So in, a, in March, I, I had this realization about my finances. Um, and I'll tell you more about it at lunch. It's a long story. But I came to this place where I, I had to tell the Lord, I'm really sorry. I, I've been getting my, my identity from how much money I make. And it's, it's a lie. My identity has nothing to do with how much money I make. And I came to a place where I realized, you know what, in this next month, Lord, if I'm really honest, I'm really short 
I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Like there's X amount of dollars that I need for the, for the month of April. So after this repentance time with God, I, I basically was like, okay, I'm going to allow you to show yourself to be faithful. This is what I need. And, it, and I kind of prayed it in this sassy, like, all right, so this is what I need. If this isn't who I am and if I'm not defined by like however, however many dollars are coming into my bank account, well, then this is on you. And um, I wanted to share this with you guys today because I, I haven't experienced the immediacy of God's faithfulness in this way in quite some time. But by the end of the month of April, uh, what really seemed like came out of nowhere. It, you know, there were some steps that I followed. I, I said yes to a number of projects that I, I just quite honestly would never have said yes to. But by the end of April, God had taken that number I had asked for, for, for that shortfall, and multiplied it by 12 months. And I had signed a contract to work with this, basically a gig that took what I had asked for within about $100, and, and it guaranteed that income for me for 12 months. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, you can clap. Go ahead. <laughs> and I, I keep thinking to myself, this is God's faithfulness in action. But I might have missed it. I could have missed it. Because the path I was on was one of real prideful self-reliance, where I, was, I just had my hands clenched. So I'm going to end there with that testimony. And as we shift into ministry time, I want to ask you this question. In considering the great faithful love of God, the hesed love of God that is merciful, generous, steadfast, always giving, I want to spend some time in prayer where we ask the Holy Spirit to show us where in our lives are we resisting his faithfulness? Where are we? Where have we believed another narrative? So why don't you stand with me? Let, let's invite the Holy Spirit to, to really speak to us. <clears throat> and then after, after we sit in silence for a, a few minutes... Um, if you'd like to pray with me or with Troy or with Danae, uh, we'll be in this back corner or up here. Um, or, or feel free to pray with someone you came with if you'd like. So if you would, open your hands. <clears throat> you don't have to, but it, it's, just a, it's more of a symbol of being open and vulnerable. So Holy Spirit, would you come? in greater measure. Would you shine your light on our hearts and minds? Show us where we're resisting your love, God. What, what area of our life? Your financial, relationships. Maybe it's one relationship in particular, maybe it's in a, a dream or a hope that we're still waiting for you to act on.
you come and speak to us, Holy Spirit?